0: three two one
1: let's go
2: all
0: right i am your host of the permian basin experience podcast troy tittlemeyer and joined by none other and always the skips what's up man dude we're back talk to me we're back
1: from the event of the year
0: yeah man For,
1: for all petroleum geologists everywhere it's the holy grail that's right. From Ace.
0: That's it, man. Ace 2019. This is what the show is completely all about. Our perspective of Ace. Um, skips, man. I mean, you got work, you got school, you're finishing up your thesis now in the summer. Is Summerish. That
1: right? Summerish. Some some things, some discoveries at Ace. I think uh, I'm gonna be publishing before I defend.
0: Nice dude.
1: For I, I mean, we gotta, we gotta we gotta show why UTPB needs to be on the map. And there's a big dog, I'm not going to say what school, because I'm not trying to start anything, but there's right. a big dog that has a similar interpretation to me, except it's not as high of a level, and we're going to go for each <laughs> other's throats. Go. There might be There might be some blows thrown as in the near future.
0: It needs to be, because oh, yeah. we're at a time right now, which we're releasing more shows about the specifics and, and reservoir complexity and trying to make you know, bring oil to our well and up to the surface. The challenge of that, if we're not challenging people's interpretations, if we're not challenging others to yeah. elevate their skills and elevate their interpretations P- and elevate that, their people, research.
1: People that are thought of as, you know, the industry standards. Right. But because they're thought of as the industry standards, no one attempts to question them. That's bullshit. No one, no one attempts to even bad an eye. It's a fantastic presentation. Love it and now we're going to use this as canon. It's yeah. it's just like, dude, it could be better. Right? It man. could be better.
0: It's all it always needs to be challenged. Mm-hmm. It always needs to be debated. We cannot go forward thinking this is our best geologic, geoscientific exploration or uh, explanations, excuse me, moving forward because we're obviously not doing as good as we could be doing. So no. something's wrong with engineering, with technology and with geology. Let's focus on the geoscience side, which is the the premise of, of PBE itself. Yeah. Let's give our perspective from ACE 2019 as Denise Cox, who her show will be out uh, mm-hmm. following this. Uh, she's been on the show, President-elect Mike Party next year, things that go, he's got going on. I mean, this is just a fantastic way oh, to yeah. uh, to get this whole thing going.
1: So not, not to switch topics, but let's because switch topics. I, I, I failed miserably at attempting to graduate this semester, you know, work, school, life. A lot happens. Right. But let's bring in the third ever geophysics grad from the Permian Basin, Mr. DJ Droov.
0: DJ Droov.
1: Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the
2: podcast, man. Thanks, man. It's great, it's great to be here.
0: Dude. Uh, you're, uh, you're filling in for P-Dog, which is obviously a great friend of yours. Mm-hmm and uh what do you think about the technical setup we got here how i mean this is high level this is advanced right we're we're pretty pretty legit yeah (laughs) we can
2: can look whatever we want we can talk about whatever we want and yeah and that's what we're gonna do
0: we're gonna talk about ace 2019 and uh and so we're gonna start obviously the perspective that uh that we're we have which is just young geoscientists you dj drew recently graduated now looking for employment Mm -hmm. skips has employment but also a graduate student that's pretty much done with his thesis. And uh, also, you didn't present there, but you certainly... Uh,
1: no, it w- I mean, I missed the deadline for the abstract, which was yeah. due, because that's, okay. where, that's where things were coming together. Okay. If it was one week later, I may have been able to pull it off, nice. but it just didn't come together quite in time to present. But yeah. hey, next Ace... Game on. Dude, coming out of the holsters, dog. I'm, re- I'm ready to rage at the next days.
0: And then uh, and then for me, I mean, I, I recently graduated, um, but uh, but been in the industry for five years. So that's kind of an interesting perspective as, as I'm trying to chase down the complexities and, and make sense of all this and do the best I can for my company, mm-hmm. which is identifying well, major well, holes.
1: Not only that, not only have you been working for five years and a recent grad, but you are... A, a member of the AAPG as far as the Southwest section yeah. delegate and a delegate for the ener- energy and uh, what is it?
0: Energy and minerals division, energy man. Energy and minerals division. So I rep, dude, I rep the Southwest section, man. That's pretty much a, a pretty wide band, uh, almost like the, uh, in your thesis, what is that, the craton that's, uh, running through Texas. Dude, What's that
1: AGM dog, Abilene Gravity Minimum.
0: I represent the Abilene Gravity Minimum <laughs> in a sense. It's Fort Worth Basin, Paladero Basin, Permian Basin, obviously is the big one, um, Southeast New Mexico. Uh, so yeah, it was my first year of three, uh, repping, yeah, repping, uh, the Permian Basin, Southwest section, dude. So I showed up on Saturday, which was interesting for me it's a little early. Last year I showed up on Sunday to do the Delaware, I mean the uh, the delegates meeting cuz that's always on Sunday, but now I'm Energy and Minerals Division. So I showed up dressed to the nines uh, thinking, you know what? I I mean this is this is my biggest kind of moment for the whole co- convention. I didn't give a talk or a poster or anything like that. So this is me giving a presentation of what's going on in the Permian and uh, and I was able to put a bunch of Data together with uh, with volumes and all that stuff of kind of the permits and the recent completions and trends and talked about the Permian mostly in general, which uh, was certainly interesting to see. As I'm sitting around the table, uh, by far the youngest person in the room, and and I'm looking at the person representing East Coast section. So
1: so these people, just to put it frankly, just have no idea what's going on in the Permian for yeah. the most part. I, I mean. mean they're, they're kind of on the tail end of their careers, right? And they're yeah. so specialized in their area. Right. So, what were what what was the response like when you were just like, "Hey, these are the issues in the Permian. Like, yeah. this is what's going on."
0: Um. I mean, in general, when I when I opened up, uh, how many ducks we have? It looks like in the Permian, Drill, vol- drilled, drilled, uncompleted, drilled and uncompleted wells. Uh, how many? What's our volumes look like? How much have we produced? What's the incredible water cut that we all fight uh, across the Southwest section? And so, a lot of the stats in general were kind of eye opening, as far as how much activity. Uh, relative to the rest of the country was, was obvious in the presentation, but I ended it with the concern and, uh, and obviously a very important part of the whole report, which was the seismicity of Texas, yeah. uh, Eagleford, which is not my section necessarily, but the report goes through that Fort Worth basin, Midland basin has some seismicity. Delaware basin was obviously a, yeah. a very hot topic and how I basically approached it was, um, there's a, Incredible amount of research, an incredible amount of really, really good work from a bunch of different uh, companies and, and organizations that have seen a bunch of data and put all this data together and have created interpretations and let, uh, making assumptions that led to those interpretations. And it started in 2015, and now we're, you know, we're present, mm-hmm. moving it along. And now they're starting to model things based on injection rates and volumes. Well, that's, that's
1: the thing. Like, everyone... In the beginning, right, when it was in Oklahoma, it was kind of hand-wavy. What, what's going on? Is it the fracking itself or is it the disposal? And now yeah. that everyone's kind of – that's really what's going on. It's what, yeah. where are we putting this water and like
0: – Well, yeah. So the, the the point of the whole report, uh, specifically from the BEG and, and all these organizations doing this interpretation, leaning on operators too, there's a large – I, like I said in the presentation, I said, man, it's like all the money in the world's behind this because you looked at uh, who's repping the operators that are providing some data and providing input into this study. It's it's all the major major majors, and uh, EOG and and all the rest of them in the basin, especially in the Delaware. So it was uh, it was it was certainly uh, obvious that what they're really trying to do is differentiate the interpretation of is this naturally occurring. And we just now are monitoring it more, or is it induced from activity yeah. in the delaware basin? and uh, And they do an out that's just an unbelievable report. I mean, I highly recommend uh, just doing some research and and looking that up. It's all public, which is really, really cool and very important. And I, at the end of it, we don't know yet we we ha- have major interpretations and assumptions going into all this with all the data they have available and that's where my kind of stance was we need to just get more involved as the APG and in general scientists across this whole thing need to get more involved and understand where the assumptions are being made and what's going on with the interpretations because there are an unbelievable amount of permits going on in the Delaware basin there's a plan to drill and produce a crazy amount of fluid out of the ground in the Delaware Basin alone. And that's where most of the seismicity looks like it's coming from. So my end, end of the report was if it gets worse at the same time, you know, we're really counting on getting a lot of energy out of this part of the world. And we start causing some major earthquakes or major problems, at,
1: and then all of a sudden we have to pull
0: back the we permits. Shut it the down. permits
1: aren't coming in for not only disposal but for even drilling permits, right? because yeah. well, where are you going to put the water?
0: Yeah, dude, exactly right. So the state could definitely have a, a very legitimate problem with uh, shutting down what looks like the most prolific part of the Southwest section uh and but, certainly but here's for, the
1: thing it needs to be brought up right, right? we we don't want to you know yeah say oh no we had no idea it's like no right. we have an idea yeah in right. Oklahoma right. we don't know I, I don't know the specifics of what happened up there right. but we need to jump on this before it becomes an issue right right so we can continue to provide that energy to the world
0: yeah man exactly right and make safe predictions of yeah. the of the future and that's that's what we our responsibility professionally is, is to do this as safe as possible, as efficient as possible. Let's drill less wells and just increase the recovery factors.
1: Yes, sir. Right? That's that's it. Let's become better scientists. That's, that's all it is.
0: Man, let's challenge everybody in the room. And that's really... I mean, I was red in the face and always nervous when I give presentations. And I'm in the room with people who have a combined knowledge and experience of probably a thousand years. And, and I'm looking at them going, we... Must do better at every single wellbore, and we must increase this efficiency tomorrow. Yeah. Otherwise, this this is inevitable, right? It's inevitable. The problem, the potential problem. So, yeah, dude, I, I I went in there, man. Denise Cox rolled through. It was awesome. She's like, we need new ways to explain and to discuss geoscience in our community. Yeah. And it's through platforms like the PVE podcast. And she looks over at me, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. But I was obviously holding myself in reserve, <laughs> rocking my suit and like gave the nod. I'm sure. I'm, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh but it was it was a really good point and everybody after she left the room, she made a quick uh, just cameo into the deal. She left and and people really took to that and understood what she was really saying, which was and we kind of talk about this probably in this podcast or at least I'm going to is the idea of of exactly what we're uh, pushing through this portal of yeah. information and knowledge at ACE and AAPG. I thought it was overloaded with too much going on, with too many themes, too many talks. It was it was frustrating to try to manage my schedule.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of really good stuff going on, and yep. it was just really hard. You're just yeah. like talk here, talk here. There're poster sessions downstairs, right. and Posters I mean, were fun, fantastic. Dude, poster. I, I mean, for me, I love the oral presentations, right. but. Dude, the posters is where I learned the most, personally. Yeah, so let's keep
0: with that theme for a second, because we'll go into these details in in the show. But Denise at the EMD meeting was like, why not kind of reverse the idea of, of giving an oral presentation? Let's talk for five minutes or 10 minutes, and then let's talk with the audience for 10, 15 minutes. How awesome would that be, man? Not every single talk, because you got really good stuff that needs to be said in detail for a good amount of time, but there's a lot of talks that you might have one or two really interesting observations, but we just soaked up 20 minutes talking about all the details of it when I have all kinds of questions, and now I'm waiting for the break to find that person again so I can talk to them, I'm remembering what I was even thinking or, or my notes. So I thought it was a really, really cool uh, comment and something that I thought the rest of the EMD group really gravitated towards. So I think the future of these events could be really, really cool. More digital. A
1: A lot more discussion
0: yeah a lot more discussion panel discussions man that was one of my favorite events the the whole thing so, Dude,
1: I, I mean should we just go into that because that was probably my favorite part of the entire I agree
0: thing. I agree uh let's go in general what was happening in San Antonio so the events in oh, in okay. San Antonio were in downtown San Antonio at the dude, Hyatt oh, convention Center obviously there was a scooter mania happening dude, downtown
1: dude there the GSA in Indianapolis yep there were two scooter brands right you had the limes and you had the birds, so you had to choose wisely. It's like, who who am I gonna invest in, dude? San Antonio, there are so many freaking scooters everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, there were like yeah. twenty different brands. You <laughs> can choose. About twenty? I don't dude, know. Yeah, I'm, I'm overexaggerating. I was a limes guy. I was on the limes. Dude, bird I thought life. Those... <laughs> bird life. Watch me were, fly away. You were rocking the birds, and. I mean, they're pretty sketchy, dude. dude. I'm not going to lie. There, there have been <laughs> Super two Super sketchy. There have been two deaths, man, recently in the San Antonio area or downtown area getting hit by cars. Yeah. I could totally see that, man. I mean, I was... Dude,
1: you, you get someone first time on a scooter just trying to, trying to roll through and just trying to relive the glory days, man, when they're on their driveway and all of a sudden they go out in the street. It's a red
0: light. Yeah. And... Boom, pretty pretty wild. So the scooters are going 15 miles an hour. Anyway, they're all over the place they're on the sidewalks, on the streets. Uh, it was it was pretty wild. What was your deal on that, Drew? What'd you think about the about the scooters?
2: It was, my, it was my first time looking at scooters, and then Skip told me about this app you can just install and use it. And people were all kinds of professionals, young, old. They were just using it like those skateboards that you know, like young people use in the universities. It was fun to see it. It was surprising to see how f- how much fun people were having just moving around the town yeah. from their hotel to the convention center Dude, and back. 100%.
0: I had a seven minute ride, seven minute ride every day from my hotel, the Omni, <laughs> down to the convention Dude, center. It's super
1: convenient. Oh, man.
0: it was so awesome. Yeah. It cost a dollar ninety cents both ways. Let's go. So obviously the River Walk, man, being in San Antonio, that's kind of its uh, M O. What'd you think of that? It was pretty cool.
2: You can just walk down from main streets, and there were hotels and restaurants, bars, uh, like, surrounded on both sides of the river walk. There yeah. was this huge stream boat, which was, like, for people who want to go through the whole river walk. Yep. And all all of them, like, at nights, people were having parties and right. stuff.
0: Yeah, dude, it was, it was awesome, man. It's always good time downtown yeah. when the mm-hmm. ACE is going on, but river walk is pretty unique. Dude,
1: I liked how— well. It's not that, you know, other cities don't have like a downtown area like that, right. but everything is so concentrated yeah. and it, it just made everything so much easy and so much fun yeah. because you're just like, you have a buddy who's at like this place over here. It's like, all right, we're <laughs> grabbing dinner here and we'll meet you over there. Yep. And then like, oh, we're going to meet up with them at the other end of the river walk. And it's just all in like this little
0: circle. Yeah. I'll be there in three minutes on my scooter. Yeah. <laughs> one of the- Watch uh, me scoot. <laughs> one of the uh, observations I had, which was pretty wild, because you're down on the river, yeah. right? Pretty much the whole time. But when you got to get up and get a scooter, you got to go to the main streets. You got to climb the stairs and kind of get out of that little other dimension. And I say it that way because I'm walking down to find a restaurant that I need to, I need to get to for dinner. And I come out of the re- I have dinner. I come out of the restaurant. And I go to the street. It was like a whole nother world. There were homeless all over the place. Dude. There were people that were clearly totally strung out on drugs Yep. And I'm walking around looking at them. It's, it's starting to get dark. My wife, right? I'm like, uh, wow, this got sketchy real quick. Now I'm watching my nine. I'm walking down the street <laughs> like, all right, we need to get back down to the river. Looking over the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty wild, man. So there was definitely that part of, uh, of some parts of the streets in downtown, very sketchy. Mm-hmm. And... And that's that's kind of something that uh, just in future reference, when you need to realize what part of the city you are in above you, the river's cool. You're down in the river. There's a lot of people. It's clean. There's restaurants, but it's the street above you. When you need to get up real quick, you pe- kind of pay attention to where you are, especially if it's late at night. Yeah. Uh, the convention center itself was pretty cool, man. It was a huge area. You walked in, and and uh, the the registration booth was always awesome. Yeah. Uh, they were talking crap to me every day because I continuously left my badge in the hotel so I had to reprint it and they were not happy about that uh the lady was like oh you're from Midland I get it I'm like what (laughs) wow firing (laughs) shots (laughs) all right so Uh, Sunday rolls around. It's the delegates meeting. That was kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the rules and bylaws and the constitution of the AAPG. It's pretty wild, man. There's a lot of history there, a lot, a lot of history and a lot of creativity that goes into kind of how the AAPG works. And that's also what I do as a Southwest section delegate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was an alternate, so I wasn't behind the rope, uh, and voting, but I was certainly very well aware of what they were voting on. Mm -hmm. And, um, And it got pretty wild, man. It always does. There's always uh, a A couple disagreements, right? Right. So one of which was, uh, I think it was for the House of Delegates and the people that are of that level of the AAPG. Uh, There were there's clearly some rules and uh, discipline getting put in place that was voted on on uh when it comes to harassment of any kind Mm -hmm. uh and that's with social media or any any kind of bullying any kind of uh you know problems so how do you deal with that they didn't have that put in place before this so that was one of the hot topics and just in general we're declining as a society which is a concern but uh the pbe podcast is obviously going to make that reverse and we're going to be thriving again as we prove that geoscientists are coming back because we have to technology and engineering has got us to this point at which we appear to not get any better. And we're all just kind of putting our hands up. Like what's it going to be better completions. We need new technology. What's it going to be to get those recovery factors up. Let's start with the geoscientists. Let's bring us back into the room. And, and really start studying the, the, the rock again. And that's what uh, the, the event for us, specifically as we go through our own research, is just like everybody else does. What papers are you reading? Who are you following technically? What are you paying attention to? There was some outstanding data that was uh, available in the poster sessions and some interesting talks along the way that, uh, yeah, that's pointing out the fact that we need to be, I think, in my opinion, structural geologists and geochemists are the most powerful geoscientists we have in today it's not sedimentologists
1: well i mean sedimentologists have always been like the big dogs as far as as far as unconventionals are concerned sedimentologists nope yeah
0: it's done you need sedimentology obviously you got to put the story together of sedimentation but structural and geochemistry my opinion that's what i was paying attention to that's what's going to drive the future
1: structure drives what
0: Everything. everything
1: everything right structure drives your sedimentation structure drives yep. you know your traps your ceiling elements i mean it's just yeah and then at unconventionals it takes on a whole different meaning
0: yeah back to the the general schedule real quick the uh yeah that one so sunday was uh again the opening ceremony the air opening ceremony on sunday man what'd you think
1: dude i thought it was awesome right the setup they had in there was was sweet dude. timing wise i mean it says it says four to five on there yep May have been pushed a little bit past that. <laughs>
0: yeah, a little bit. <laughs>
1: uh, what kind of, was it? Uh, what was it, like 5.50?
0: At, yeah, it felt like 6 o'clock by the time we yeah. got back down. And, and people down in the happy hour, like the service companies and the exhibitors, they're, they're like, like, we thought no one was showing up, Yeah, man. we're like, dude, the turnout <laughs> this year was terrible. <laughs> they were and all like, freaking <laughs> out. And then, boom, this storm of like 300 or 500 people, whatever it was, roll into the exhibiting hall and, and uh, the classic icebreaker of ACE 2019 was upon us. Where were you? Sunday night, Ace, Icebreaker. What were you doing?
2: I was just taking a small nap and getting ready in the hotel. The skips just left me and ran <laughs> away to the convention hall. He was too excited for
0: it. Dude, I'm pumped. <laughs> you had to take a nap before Ace? Dude, he's getting ready. Oh, he was preparing he was for the Icebreaker. Was so did you get to the Icebreaker before it ended or no? No, I.
2: so by the time I went there, I think Icebreaker was already over or was going on. I oh. couldn't find the hall, so I just went to the convention hall, the main exhibit hall. And... Went to Dr. Verma, helped him set up the UTPB booth. So yeah, that's TPP. the first That's the first time that UT Permian Basin had a booth at an international conference, boom, and boom, it's, pretty huge. Let's go. it's pretty huge for the university. It was awesome.
0: Posted up right next to OSU. Yeah, Dr. Grammer, OSU.
1: Was it TCU, TCU? And then I think those were the only two schools in our little in that row. Yeah, in that little row. Huh.
0: And
2: right across the PGS booth, which is one of the biggest in the... And the Grand Francis. The yeah.
1: Permian
0: Basin Geophysical Society had a booth? P- no, PGS. P- oh, PGS, yeah, I'm PGS. sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, whatever that p- stands yeah, for. It's,
1: yeah, whatever, whatever PGS is. Uh,
0: they had a big booth. Uh, Stratum was an interesting one. I guess that's who took over Weatherford. Yeah, Stratum had a big old booth. I'm like, what is this coring company that has all this money? This is weird. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, talk to some people and like, makes sense. Omni into Weatherford into Spectrum. Spectrum? no no no! Uh, not spectrum spectrum is the huge 2d line uh service company yeah. that just uh, looks like tgs may have uh purchased all of that data yeah so they're merging it the the word on the streets, <sighs> and then it's so much data spec uh what is it called Sp- i don't don't look at me man stratum maybe strat dude there's going to be some people that are going to be heated that I forgot the name of this thing, but it's brand new. I had no idea. Uh, CGG, <laughs> TGS. I mean, ICOM was the first freaking yeah. booth you see when you walk in. Of course, P Dog standing P-dog. there, yep. <laughs> nothing but teeth. Uh, the exhibiting hall was pretty. It was cool. It was set up well. I think U Pitch needs to be in a in a prime location. I think U Pitch should. Yeah, you pitch is this uh, thing that goes on the whole conference where people with new technology, new ideas are looking for investors and, and they're sharing like very interesting data points that they're specifically collecting that's kind of changing the game in their opinion. And it was tucked away in the corner. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be kind of cool. It, it doesn't take much room, man. I mean, no. it, it's just kind of cool to, it's not loud. Hey, it's,
1: dude. It's a dog eat dog world in there, man. Yeah, that's I, true. You know, it's you're fighting for position. You're boxing people out. You that's know, you true. want to be in, lo- in like a prime location.
0: Right. So. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, all right, keep it tucked away. You made yeah. a point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, it. not tucked away. Just just <laughs> moved around, right? I mean, hey, putting it next to the posters, great idea, right? Not taking up a lot of room. Yeah. Getting a ton of traffic. I mean, it was yeah.
2: by the APG booth, right? The
0: APG yeah,
1: had Yeah, on, on that far side. Yeah.
0: Um. So the, the general layout was cool. The, uh, where the talks were taking place when you were in the exhibit hall was cool. But if you needed to get there and you didn't go through the exhibit hall, it was a trek yeah. across the convention center.
1: I mean, while it was open, it was super convenient. Yeah. I'll admit that. But yeah, yeah, there was that last day where the exhibit hall closed at, what, 2 o'clock? Yeah, and you had to uh, go through the maze in which is the San Antonio Convention Center. Wow, yeah, that's there. right. That's yeah, right. you had to go up to like the third floor and then back down to the second, and then trek like quarter <laughs> of a mile, like yeah, just to dude. like see the presentations. Yeah,
0: the uh, the little restaurant snack bar thing was okay. At least it had a bar. That was kind of cool that it had a bar there. They, uh, they
1: know their audience.
0: Which was funny, dude. Before the major ceremony, this guy, rock, I'm, I'm drinking a beer before the major ceremony at the bar, sitting by myself. This guy walks in with this crazy t shirt on. The Aloha
1: Friday t shirt Aloha man.
0: Friday, <laughs> rocking hard. And he immediately demands for the bartender loud. And it like startles me and then this other guy. And we both start laughing and looking at this guy. He's like, Where's, he looks at us. He's like, Where's the bartender? And we're like, Oh, she like literally just walked that way. <laughs> you didn't need to do this. And he just, boom, he looks over. He's like, We need a bartender over here. Got to get a bartender. The lady comes back real quick. She was right there. And she's like, what's going on? He's like, I have royalty with me. I have royalty with me in the building. And they are expecting margaritas. <laughs> and I'm, uh, he's right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not whispering, really. And I'm going, royalty? That sounds awesome, man. I need to hang out with you. And he's like, right. we kind of laugh. And he goes, I need your finest top shelf margarita. And they have like the, uh, the agave white. That, that, uh,
1: that, that Don Julio 42? Or what did they uh, They have?
0: did have 42, but they also had that big white and blue face. Yeah. Ooh. And, uh, dude, it was only $13 margarita. I was shocked. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what he got. Semi-top shelf. I guess, dude. Yeah, I mean, I remember that thing. Did they like
1: fill it with like Jose afterwards and just like?
0: (laughs) So this lady's like totally blown away by this guy's approach. He gets his margaritas, go to the ceremony, and he's the guy who walks out on stage with the freaking margaritas. (laughs) Did you remember that? (laughs) Yeah. He's the guy who comes out. Yeah. No, no, no. It was like midway. He comes out with two margaritas for the hosts. Those the the lady and the and the dude from Marathon. Yeah, he came out with his shirt on, two sombreros, put the sombrero hats on the two uh, on the hosts, gives them the margaritas, and then walks off stage. So that was that was uh, kind that's of that's how the, you set the tone. Yeah, that was Sunday night, man. Sunday night ended up being a pretty good rager down on the the River Walk, as per usual. Uh, you get after that, you have a good time. And obviously you go to bed early, but I mean, it's a lot of energy. People yeah. are, are vibing uh, because it's opening night and it's You're Sunday. seeing people you haven't seen and right.
1: who knows how long, right? You see them at a here yeah. and there, you know, at, you a, can't, at a luncheon, but...
0: Yeah, you can't beat going Sunday night because... And, the, and having the convention Monday because the city's drained except for all the people for the convention. It's, it's a great, great way yeah. to, to start. To like convention. look around convention. and yeah, without, yeah.
1: without having to like go through mobs of people. Yeah. Which, yeah I don't want to be there
0: on a Friday and Saturday night when everyone's all excited to, to get out and meet and mingle. Like sun having it Sunday is awesome for the APG. I love that. So, all right, dude. So Monday, day one, poster session, oral session. We start Uh, with with everything that we want to look at. What was something that stood out to you Monday? Dude, so one of the things that I love about
1: ACE or any international conference is just kind of you have this wealth of geologic knowledge that you just don't get anywhere else. And having all these international talks in like the morning, especially like first morning, I was like, oh, I want to go to these structure talks, offshore Africa, I'm totally in. And man, just learning about like these gnarly, like transform boundaries and the traps that form because of them, because worked little offshore and the offshore that I have worked right yeah. isn't from like a passive margin it's all mm-hmm. offshore California and just two totally different regimes and I, I just thought it- that was awesome and then middle of the day three o'clock comes around or was it 1 o'clock? Is that when the afternoon session started? Yeah, Around there? something like that. Yeah, 1 o'clock. Morning. They had the Permian Basin section, and that's where nice. I dove in. I'm, we'll get into that in a second. I'll, I'll let you, nice, you jump man. in. Yeah,
0: my morning session was, well, was kind of tied up because I was doing something for the company, so I was meeting and and uh, putting things aside and, and getting schedules done with some companies that we're working with. So mine was like that in the morning, but I did catch some geochemistry, as I always try to do, and uh, yeah, cross-plotting a bunch of... You know geochem to tell me the anoxic seas were this and, and and oxic seas were that just doesn't really do it for me. So um, yeah, it wasn't a waste, but uh, but I certainly was. What, it speaks to kind of my frustration in, in in with Ace and with most of these events, even Urtech. There's way too much going on, and is it is it that it's built to be complex and to make it challenging for us to learn what we need to be learning because the titles of everything. Are something that we focus on, and we want it to sound cool. Yeah. So every title sounds interesting, but when you get in there and you start actually, now I'm looking at authors, now I'm looking at companies, and you can start breaking down and making safer assumptions.
1: Well, well, that's the thing. Some of the, a couple of the sessions for sure that were run were were lights out. Like source to sync with 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 one of our guests, the one and only Brett Dixon. Let's go. I mean, that session was pretty badass, in my opinion, because I mean, it's everything there was tailored. Extremely well from provenance to sync, right? That's cool. And 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 everything, you knew what you wanted to expect, right? Going into that talk. Yeah. But then stuff like geochem, dude, Geo, geochem itself. <laughs> that's a huge topic, yeah. right? So Pam, jamming a bunch of geochem into that is, yeah. yeah, makes it gnarly.
0: Yeah, with other other topics and themes that seem pretty cool. I don't know, man. I feel like they can just do a better job or we can do a better job at setting up these big technical things, a little bit uh, a little bit cleaner. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard, man, because they're coming from around the world. Exactly. Uh, so it's a challenge, I get it.
1: I, I mean, you got three days, right, yeah. to pack as much into it as possible. Right. right. And you have everything from, like we, we were talking about the poster presentations, which for me were the highlight.
0: Yeah, definitely. That,
1: yeah, being able to just sit down and rap with someone who's an expert in the specific field, yeah. and them not feeling pressured right? Because when you usually ask questions in an oral session, they're either A, you know, the majority of the time it's because you want to show off, right? Sure. It's like, oh, <laughs> look what I know that you didn't talk about. <laughs> or or it's like they ask something to like trick them up. I, I don't know. It's, I, you get, yeah. the questions you get at oral it, sessions are, are strange and it's, it, they seem disingenuous. But it like in a poster session, when you're sitting there talking to the person, it's just like no, like I I have no idea what this is. Can you like start from square one? Right, and they can run you through it.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, I definitely like, and I like they break up the themes on the poster session yeah. too, which is really cool because it helps me narrow down the six hundred posters that are there, <laughs> that- and uh, and I can really I can really find it. What do you got on the screen?
2: Last episode released on Monday, I believe, and people were more excited about this. Some of them. Oh yeah, that was the true. Conference.
1: Yeah, people were leaving the icebreaker. To go Ice watch, breaker. yeah, to go watch Game of Thrones. What? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I asked people, are we going to head out to those young professional meet and greet? And they were like, no, we are going to. What? Hotels. We yeah. have HBO and we're going to watch the latest episode. Yeah, c- episode season finale. Of season finale of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Who plot, plot twist. They were all disappointed.
1: Because <laughs> no, one, they didn't surprise. go out. One, they didn't go out. And two, apparently yeah. the episode sucked. Yeah,
0: so, which is usually the case. Yeah. Um, so what the heck? Someone at the AAPG has to now research major television shows. <laughs> and yeah, not,
1: that's, that need, should not be a thing. That should not be a thing. Unbelievable. As, as a professional at an international conference, yes. you have an obligation to be at the conference. Right. Right? Whoever's paying for you, to, if, even if you're paying for yourself, you have an obligation to be there. Ridiculous. But as a student or professional and you have a yeah, company here. you can or, watch Game
2: of Thrones whenever you want, but yeah, you ridiculous. are meeting all these international people from all over the world, Dude. and you're running to your hotel Crazy. or two different what, bars. What am I to gonna stuff. post on
1: Facebook
0: to wow. show that I'm up to date on my Game of Thrones? <laughs> on the Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, let's not even talk about how ridiculous it is that it's engulfed your life so bad that you did that, because it's completely fake and ridiculous in the first place. So let's just talk reality. Let's move forward with reality. <laughs> and uh, keep your virtual reality goggles on the couch. Uh, Okay, so Monday afternoon, dude. Monday afternoon, uh, you had to present uh, your thesis at the booth. Yeah, so
1: I I missed the abstract deadline. So Dr. Verma, he's just like, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to throw up the presentation on the booth, right? And then you'll just sit there. And I I presented it in the morning. So just in line with the morning sessions, I presented my work, but we're going to leave my poster up all day. Cool. And... Dude, it was awesome. The people that came by from the different companies. I'm I'm not gonna say names just in case to offend, but dude, solid feedback from some solid structural geologists from all around the world.
0: That's huge. And
1: yeah, and it was like they were like, dude, we love the interpretation and here's how you can take it further. Wow. And I was just like mind blown. Like I need to get back to the drawing not drop back to the drawing board, but I need to push this to the next level. Cause wow. I mean that that's where it was afternoon session rolls around whole entire session on the Permian basin, right? Yeah. Packed. Yeah. I sure think was. that was the only standing room that I saw from the very beginning of the session to the very end.
0: Well, there was a geochemistry talk from Chevron that the guy who stood up there was like, if you're calculating RO values. And you're not using vitronite reflectance or some other measure of getting actual RO, you're, you're being ridiculous and you're fooling yourself. Like, it well, was awesome. We'll,
1: well, that, I mean, even the better part of that <laughs> is like using vitronite reflectance, and in my opinion, is still hand wavy, dude. Mm-hmm. You're l- using macerals from plant material. Right. You're not using type one, type two carogens, yeah, right? So, what you're doing is you're looking at the coli material within that oh, format. Yeah, I, that's yeah. like that. Let's, what? we'll skip that one. But. Is carrageen
0: okay? Uh, so yeah, Monday afternoon, you got that. You got great feedback. You're talking Permian Basin. Yeah. obviously the talk of the whole convention was who's throwing the event that night, right? <laughs> the the dinner and the and yeah. the open bar and like where's the mingling session going to really take place? And we had three options in general. That that I mean, literally, you had definitely other people that were taking their clients and specific dinners and lunch. Yeah. And, right. But there is. I think three. It was IHS that had uh, an event. It was Premier. Beer and then TGS and TGS. No, 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 and CGG. CGG also had one, Ooh. which you can usually tell by the people who give away beers at the uh, yeah. at the happy hour.
1: There will they will hold some sort yep. of.
0: That's going to trail off into something of an event that night, as it should. Yeah. And it was awesome. It was great. That Monday night was so much fun, man, of just, again, seeing a bunch of people that were all there. We're all trying to make it better. We're all trying to become more uh, efficient. And we're we're kind of partying together, man. We're getting to know each other on a better level and a more comfortable level. It's awesome, man. I mean, that's... That needs to be spoke to as much as the convention itself, in my opinion. I mean, it is fun. We should be rewarded as geoscientists. And and as we exhaust ourselves all year long to be more efficient and to continue looking at papers and finding good presentations, we all get together in one place. Absolutely, we should have something really, really fun to do. Absolutely, we should be rewarded as geoscientists as we're bringing a trillion-dollar business to, you know, write to to people who own it, right? Like this is an unbelievable business. It's incredibly successful. Yeah. We're in a kind of a downturn, but still we're very, very lucrative. We make a lot of money for our country, a lot of energy for the world. Like we should be rewarded for what we do as professionals. And this event does a good job at, at, at saying that and, and putting those things together. So that's Monday. I mean, I'm pretty solid with Monday. What are you guys thinking? Anything else to add for Monday report? DJ
1: Drew, if you got any talks?
2: I was Live excited change. about different posters and I found this one poster, which was related, related to my thesis of carbon sequestration. And he had shown these multiple cycles of carbon sequestration and water injection at the same time. And he was showing that if you change the cycles from one year cycle to two year cycle to six year cycles, you can actually change the amount of carbon sequestration that you can do or the hydrocarbon that you can produce from the reservoir. Hmm. And that was one of the interesting posters that I saw. I mean, it was a statistical model. He hadn't applied to a real data set Uh because he didn't have any sponsors, but just to see that he had this research and he needs someone to like test us out was interesting to me. That is interesting, dude.
0: Uh, Carbon capture is is definitely the future, man. I mean, we can take CO2 out of the atmosphere and pump it into our reservoirs. It helps with recovery. Increasing
1: recovery and depleting CO two from our atmosphere. Depleting CO two from yeah. the atmosphere. That's a huge. So deal. As far
2: as I saw in that poster, I think water injection is done at the center of the reservoir, right? Okay. Or is it done through the corners? No, no, no. It, it just depends. Yeah, center. it just usually depends on how and
0: it's designed. Classic star yeah. pattern. You're putting your injector in the middle of yeah. like four or five producers. Yeah. So
2: areas. and and in his, uh model, I think he was injecting CO two from those corners of the of the reservoir.
1: Okay. So and we had so we had four injectors and one producer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah and Interesting. Yeah, do you see that in some fields? Very and interesting. According
2: to him, the overall I think production rate or recovery rate went up by twenty percent or something right. in six years, and that's a lot. That's what we are. You are trying to say, yeah, here, right? That's right. We We're should concentrate more on recovery factor than just just producing or drilling all, more wells. You know. Yeah.
0: Those um, incline curves, dog. Incline curves. The, hey, show the dial. Where's the show the oil dial, dude? Uh. Turn on the
1: oil, <laughs> dude. Just tell the engineer to go down to the to the wellhead and turn the oil knob up. That's all you got to do. That's uh, that's what they do. Um, well, at least that's what they say
0: they do. The uh, the last thing on carbon capture storage is that the terrible contracts I hear like just nightmare contracts of getting CO two to your field from the people who really own the CO two market and uh, yeah. And that's that, to me, is bullshit, man. That, to me, needs to be addressed. That, to me, is a, a problem. Someone's like, oh, I'm going to rake. Whoever needs CO2 and whoever wants to develop more efficient ways to recover, I'm going to rake you over yeah. the coals on a 10-year-plus contract where you guaranteed have to pay, even if you don't use it. Yeah. Like, dude, come on, man. Are we in this together or not, dude? <laughs> let's Let's be honest let's uh let's work together man it's power and numbers so that's the end of of monday monday right we we hopped on our scooters we went down to the river we had our dinners we had our happy hours we did our karaoke was karaoke monday night or tuesday night tuesday Tuesday night
2: night. tuesday night monday monday night sunday night was the Gus love and, uh, oh yeah, Johnny Vegas. and Johnny uh, Vegas, <laughs> Johnny <Gus> Vegas, <laughs> love it and
1: Tahoe, Nick Tahoe, Nick, Nick Tahoe, <laughs>
0: that was legendary, was. that was Dude, legendary, for
1: for eight of us to do that there, I yeah. feel like we, we made our
0: statement, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> to know people by their nicknames, other than, like, rather than their actual names, is <laughs> like, that's, that's awesome, you know, that that's, you have made friends for that's, life,
0: hey, that's awesome, man, that's right, Drew, okay, yeah. so Tuesday morning rolls in, Tuesday morning, I I decided
1: to delegate my time. Half morning would be the posters. Afternoon I'd go to oral presentations. Nice. Posters were pretty solid. Yeah. We're pretty solid on Tuesday morning. A lot of really good geochem. Right. Uh for me that like I said, it, that's where I can ask questions on like the basics of geochemistry, because for me, that's not my specialty at all. Right. But when you go to a poster section session, you're like, oh, you're an expert can you dumb it down for me? Yep. And just get like, on their level. Yeah, and get on, like, yeah. Wait, and just like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like attack you in any way. Right. Right. I just, I don't know. Right. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And they top to bottom. They explain the workflow. They explain what they're looking for. Right. And yeah, that's, dude, learned a ton. Yeah. Learned a ton.
0: Same, same. I looked at uh, posters and, and oral. I was going yeah. back and forth. Again, uh, a few meetings, had a, a lunch meeting, which you were involved in yeah. and trying to make a, uh, being there for, and representing the company, you got responsibilities there to to mm-hmm. move forward. But uh, oral and and poster. The cool thing about posters, again, for for us as we're coming from a really a, a well uh, versed background as our undergraduate and graduate degree, and really what we our mentors have focused us on. Yeah, when we go into the geochem guys and they're in the rabbit hole and they're cross plotting all that stuff. And they're telling us where they think the province is coming from and all that yeah. stuff, but they have no structural, no tectonic, no nothing that helps them get that sediment into the basin. Yeah, they're just making these crazy correlations. That's where the, like, you get yeah, your
1: and you're discussing like, hey, the distribution of clays. Why are we having right. enrichment here? Right. When you're saying the provenance is this, so sure. how could that be enriching this? <laughs> so that's where that's where they're like, uh yeah. but it's there. That's right. So then they're that's like, where it comes to us, and we're like. Clearly, the mechanism to get from A to B is not correct. Right. What was the mechanism to get to that B? Boom, bam. Yeah. Boom, bam. Because so, the current model doesn't work.
0: Yep. Uh, bombs have been dropped. Uh, oh, but it's no. true. Sorry. No, no, no. Very true. Very true, dude. And that goes to the first uh, a couple of talks that I watched, man. I mean, one of them was uh, this gentleman that was talking about... Uh, the, uh, a, a field out in, in, uh, in California, a basin that was out in California, he migrated his oil 20 miles away, uh, 19,000 feet deep into the subsurface is where the source rock and the oil came from in his 1,000-foot TVD reservoir that was bounded by these massive faults that were intersecting each other. And so he's telling the whole audience, and he's not a geologist, which he made it clear, and and that's what he's like. I'm uh, just—he wrote a book about it. It was really cool historically. Uh, An earthquake happened in like the early 1900s. The mountainside caught fire because the mountain literally released a bunch of gas, and there was like buildings there, and there was a spark. Boom! It yeah caused a bomb to go off. Really, really cool. These 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 (laughs) these faults go from like basically, especially (laughs) in California, these faults are insane. And they, Absolutely I mean, bonkers. In 20 miles, you go from 1,000 feet to 20,000 feet. And he's like, yeah, 20, uh, two, 20 miles away to 19,000 feet deeper, there's a source rock being cooked, and the oil's migrated. It found its pathway of migrations.
1: But it came to this intersection, right? Yeah. But then they're not talking about all the other
0: faults that are in between that source yeah, and dude. that intersection yeah. either. We're just looking at the two major yeah. faults that are crossing each other. It's clearly trapped by the faults. And I just said... Uh, you know there's another mechanism for driving that hydrocarbon up into that pocket, especially when you're talking to me about and you're you clearly explain these deep faults that are cutting these reservoirs in the deep and driving it up to the shallow like it's all connected. Yeah. why couldn't something just break open and you can get some pathways migration with that faulting and and natural fracturing and really just locally explain the story. And he's like, well, I mean, it's 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 pretty common that you can have migration over several several miles. I mean, the Canadian tar sands. Uh, I'm like, it's a classic example. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So back to the end of Monday was really cool. Tuesday morning, we're back into sessions. We're back into oral presentations. What do you got, Drew? Anything specific from the students?
2: I was just panicking as a student on Tuesday because I didn't like <laughs> finished visiting all the booths, and I was like, this is probably the last day when people will be actively present on the booth. Because Wednesday is to be like people have to be there for half a day, right? Yeah. So if you n- need to meet people and talk to people, Tuesday is the day. So I went to as many booths as I could. Just started from the very beginning, so I don't miss anything. Even though I visited some random booths on Monday, yeah. I needed to talk to like everyone, so like to meet ne- meet new people, and like just know what companies do, right? So this yeah. this booth I visited, the Elsevier booth, you know, the Journal of Gas Science and Engineering, they have this software called Geofacets, and in that software, they have all the database from, database from all the journals paper that have been published uh, like like so nice. far. Yeah. And it is not only related to oil and gas industry, it has all the other uh, academy related uh, database. Like you can just search for the basin name, you can find bunch of pictures, the research papers uh, related to it, the authors of it, and um, you can uh, view it on your Google map, just uh, zoom in on that location, find more about that. You know, like everything Love basically. That.
1: Yeah. Next. Dude, that's the way to do it, though. Right. As a student, not to be rude, you should either A, be presenting something, or B, be talking to every single professional in that conference, right? Right. Every, visit every booth, yep. visit, you know, someone walks by It has some sort of operator on their tag, hey, nice to meet you, yep. on blank.
0: And when you talk yeah. to every booth, you tell them without li- before you leave that you're looking for a job. Yep. That here's what you specialize in. Do you have any contacts that I can go chase down that are here at the convention? Yeah, every single booth. And there were 1,600 of them. No, no, no. How many freaking <laughs> booths? I'm oh, sorry, those are the sections. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a ton of booths. Yeah, I just, don't, definitely not that many.
1: Don't have that number on maybe
2: hand. 100 or 150. I would say
0: 150 booths. Yeah,
2: sounds about right. Yeah,
1: sounds about right. Yeah.
2: So uh, I was I was able to visit like maybe let's say thirty percent of the booths, and yeah. I was pretty happy with what I was able to achieve on Tuesday. Awesome. And then, and but I had, like noticed that I should have started on Monday. I was just looking for familiar faces on Monday. You know, Come just on. talking yeah. to. All weird. right. Well,
0: lesson learned for everybody. Yeah. Lesson mm-hmm. learned. All right. So Wednesday, let's uh, let's let's move to wrapping this thing up. So Wednesday. Well,
1: dude, I just got one. one class thing on let's Tuesday. Go. Best part of Tuesday, in my opinion. I'm gonna pull it up here because I I'm, I'm looking at it. So. It was, the theme was the opportunity valuation. And uh, so we were looking at this talk. It was the role of geoscientists in oil and gas acquisitions. It was right after the refreshment oh, yeah. break. What ended up happening was, I guess there was some scheduling conflict. They ended up pushing that talk back. So in that time slot, they had the four prior speakers come up. And these guys were all either exploration managers, business development managers. Yep. In these major, major operators, yeah, and it was just an open discussion. It so people awesome. just came up to the mic and asked questions, and they, yep. answered those questions as frankly as they could, and it was awesome to see. Yeah, when they were talking about, hey, where did you make mistakes? And right. like they were yeah. talking about, oh, I invested, no, no like yeah. what was it like a three hundred million yeah, in two thousand fourteen? Yeah, Ooh. and Ooh. then oil tanks. And oil is going. You can't control that stuff. I mean,
0: it could be a sound investment at the time, but. Uh, but Any, yeah,
1: I mean it, it just put it in perspective that yeah. hey, these are the guys that everyone's like looking up to. Yeah. They're making mistakes and they're telling us, okay, these are the pitfalls that you're gonna have, and yep. these are the things that you need to exploit. Yeah. For the most part.
0: Maybe if for every theme they need to do a reflection like that from the day. Like, hey, there's maybe like two, have,
1: maybe like two talks and a reflection, right? So you for like an hour though, yeah. dude. Yeah, it like, has to be longer.
0: Run your theme. Say you have seven themes. Let's run the end of the day. For an hour or maybe even more, and you have each of the speakers there in the room and you have the list of of talks and you have somebody come up and say, I had a question earlier about this talk. Yeah. And then that person gets up and stands up at the microphone and he addresses that question. Yeah. I mean, that could be a really cool way to, to move forward with this. Yeah. But you're absolutely right, dude. The the panel, yeah, I was oh, yeah. Dude, it was, it was it was so cool. It was awesome, man, because it's 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 yeah. It, there's so many reasons it was awesome. Um and so so then we go into wednesday so tuesday night is uh is karaoke night is uh is more so monday was clearly uh people were like making power moves or whatever it is a service company saying like i'm gonna throw the biggest party or whatever it is and then tuesday it's kind of like not fin for yourself but there's definitely a smaller group it's not you, don't who you see know the... who you know kind it's... of a thing yeah and uh, and you see everybody out, and you you certainly see that it's still going on. It's just not like we're all meeting at this one place. Yeah. So you just go in, you start meeting people, you start talking to people. Yeah. So Tuesday night was fun, karaoke, boom, back to sleep, back to sleep. Wednesday, you go straight into Wednesday, and uh, and now you're giving a presentation that day, which we yeah. talked, we got to talk over. You're doing what on Wednesday?
1: Wednesday, I'm just business as usual, man. Okay, just I was a judge, slangin', man. Slanging and banging. I was go a judge. To talks.
0: Yep, I was a judge for the structural section of uh, of the morning session. So, a couple I solid was there, talks in there. Oh, dude, I was there at eight a.m. and uh, and we started with uh, with the the structural geologist out of uh, University of Arizona. Man, it was a professor. Uh, excuse me, I don't remember her name, and uh, and 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 a young geologist at the University of Arizona that was talking about it. And they were making some fantastic presentations about if you are a good structural geologist, and you also understand what the physics is really telling you behind geophysics and that image you're getting, if you really understand what you're looking at, you can start making assumptions to what kind of faulting and what kind of tectonic setting you could have possibly been in with, for to make those features in the subsurface. So as simple as that, you start with all possible scenarios And a good structural geologist will be able to break down all possible scenarios into maybe a couple or a few interpretations that are making the least amount of assumptions to make that feature. And that's what was so powerful about their talk Absolutely fascinating. Again, excuse me for forgetting their names. I was really trying to get some research done, and, and I wanted to make a shout-out to them. It was Wednesday morning sessions. Was it the, the first s- one? Okay. Three, it could have been 805 to 825, those two talks. It was the first the gentleman and then the, the professor herself. And uh, the, the professor obviously just spoke with such precision with the amount of... So you have shitty 3D or bad 2D lines, and you're trying to make inter- interpretations of this stuff, and it's just bad. But you can make some big fracture assumptions that you can clearly see even in bad data it's picking up a big feature You can't see all the little details, but you can pick up a big feature. A good structural geologist will be able to break down that huge feature into some pretty sound assumptions and pretty sound interpretations if you understand structural geology. And that's what was really cool about Wednesday and the structural stuff. We could pull so much of the story out of 2D lines and 3D lines. It It was awesome, man. Yeah. DJ Drew, if you had a presentation.
2: I did. Was in the afternoon of Wednesday, so I didn't expect a lot of people because anyone I talked to to come to my presentation, uh, most of them were leaving on Tuesday yeah. night, so that was kind of a bummer
1: because yeah, Tuesday night or Wednesday afternoon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So pre-talk
2: as a student, I wanted more people to look at my work so they know like what I can do. But since since it was in the afternoon, there were only like say twelve, fifteen people in my talk by wow. that time. Yeah. And I'm not saying that people were not there at the conference, there were some, but again, because of the closing of the exhibition hall, people were not allowed to walk through the main exit. You have to walk like a half a mile or something to come to the talks. Yeah,
0: Ridiculous.
2: And then most of the people have left by like after packing their boots at 2 p.m. So they're not interested in any any talk after 2, 3. There should be a
0: major ceremony at the end. Everyone should be assumed to have a room all the way till Thursday morning. Yeah. What's going on with that? Okay, so we can we can make that a point. There needs to be a closing ceremony that is legit and a reason to stay. And or, that goes or, back to the recap. Yeah,
1: one of two things. It, we need to have just an end ceremony, or we don't have to load up talks Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, just, the, just, one the two. Right. just finish just, the
2: talks on Wednesday 12 so that— Yeah, so uh,
1: people go to the exhibit hall, they see the end of the exhibits, and then they throw up and in there. Yeah.
2: But okay, so you gave a talk specifically on your thesis, which was? just carbon sequestration, carbon storage in the Navajo Sandstone in Utah yeah. or southwest Wyoming.
0: That yeah, was awesome, man. It yeah. was a huge doubly plunging anticline over like the whole southwest section of uh, yeah, Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah,
1: the Moxa Arch, dude. Dude,
0: <laughs> amazing. And you found a way to visualize
2: these massive... By looking at the seismic data, well-data, petrophysical modeling, seismic attributes like coherence, curvature, self-organizing yeah. maps... And I just mapped all the sand dunes and interdunes. Yeah.
1: My 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 favorite part. I I was there for the presentation, but the best part about Drew's work was he visualized these sand dunes using seismic attributes, right? And the seismic attributes defended the structure of the sand dunes, right? You you can clearly determine your lee versus your stoss side, right? And the reason why, and they're super well preserved. So unlike what you see on outcrop, where you only can see that it that ordered. slip face, yeah, right when it was, it was buried so quickly, it preserved both sides, right? As well as that anhydrite intradune area. Right. Dude. And when you, you're showing it, like the attributes and you could see people like, okay, like cool seismic attributes, blah, blah, blah. And then you brought in the inversion and the inversion defended, oh, what? Like, so those little features that we are seeing, those linear, linear features are high porosity. Right. Massive. Oh, and those areas are absolutely no porosity, super dense. And like you right. could tell people in the room are like,
0: cool. Nice, and then like, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. You had a preferential permeability yeah. of the feature. So you knew that you had this massive storage space. You knew which direction it could go if you start pumping in CO2 into the thing. And, and you we mapped could, it all. You could figure out the exact
2: targets of where we, we can like, Drill the carbons for carbon sequestration uh, and they were separated from each other, they were not even like connected. So you can like uh, separate them if you want, yeah. So, Uh, so
1: you're not second guessing, like, oh, is this connected or is this is this dune itself you know correlated to this dune? It's like, no, yeah. And then at the end of the day, you correlated it back to the most important part,
0: which was
2: the outcrops, yeah. They like the generally that what people do in uh, studying the sh- sand dunes is they go to the outcrops, they measure these dips and right. uh, strikes, uh, and it takes them the whole day, and they are not even like accurate because according to Dr. Miles Henderson, who is our sedimentolo- sedimentologist professor at UT Permian Basin, he says, everything changes with the direction of sun, with the speed of the Earth's rotation, even the smallest bit of change can change the magnetic susceptibility of the Earth and everything else. Mm. So nothing is stationary, nothing is fixed, but when you look at the seismic and you can prove that without measuring those s- small, like very accurate uh, measurements, then you know for sure that you are correct, you are, you're doing nice. correct. Mm.
0: That's awesome, man. Pull up your talk and your uh, your title and your name, and I'm going to and we'll end it with this. We're just going to kind of go through some bullet points last few minutes of Ace 2019 from our perspective. Hey, Mom. So, let's talk about San Antonio. San Antonio in general as a location to have the international event. What are your thoughts, skips?
1: I liked it. In all honesty, I thought I definitely thought it was a positive. The The scooters, the even with the scooters, (laughs) even with the people scooting,
0: the river walk, the river walk. The humidity was brutal for the first couple of days. Yeah, the
1: humidity. I mean, I don't like humidity in general, but you know, that's just being from the driest place on earth. Shout out to Midland, Texas. Let's go. (laughs) But but I mean, overall, I thought it was a pretty solid location, and I like how they don't. Necessarily have them always in like the super big cities. Yeah,
0: you know, Salt Lake the year before, dude, that was awesome dude. in Salt Lake. Cool. Oh my god, the
1: turnout wasn't as big in Salt right. Lake. I'll admit that. Kind of a but pain have to
0: get to. It's a
1: pain to get to, but if you were there, oh my god, dude, that was one of my favorite conferences.
0: Loved yeah. it, loved it. All right, you pulling up your theme? You got it. Yeah. Is boom, that boom. it? Yeah. Boom, pull it up on the screen. All right, so. Uh, Drew, what'd you think of San Antonio overall? Homeless, the scooters, the, <laughs> the river walk, the humidity. What was your, what do you think of San Antonio?
2: Definitely a place to visit because it was my first time there. I'm not sure if an international conference should be there or not, but it's a, it's a, it's a good time. Like, okay. And that's what uh, people are looking for. Like they are walking through the conference all day and they need to have a good time at night that's like right. after the conference and that's a good place to be.
0: Participation in general. what do you guys think of the participation? We're talking, was there more people than last year at uh, Utah? There was, Yeah. right? So mm-hmm. San Antonio is better than Utah as far as participation goes. Um, student to professional ratio. what do you guys think?
1: I think it was better solely because the amount of universities that were and driving distance, yeah, of Good call. San Antonio. Good call. Because I mean, we had, I think, mean, I every petroleum geology or geology master's program in Texas was there. Right. It felt
0: like. Right. Yeah. Which is a big one. Yeah. yeah. A big state that that has a lot of geology programs.
1: Yeah. They all They all headed in, and like that's
0: an interesting thought, man. Do you think that's how they does? Uh, well, I don't know. How, yeah. Which I, state uh, is graduating the most geologists? Yeah. That'd be an interesting stat. We're going to put you up on that, Dhruv. All right, talks. <laughs> talks, posters in general. Talks and posters in general. Excellent. You know, what What are you rating them? How do you, how do you like this setup? 20-minute talks?
2: I mean, it is what happens in most of the international conferences. Like, you have 20 minutes to give your presentation and do the questionnaire. Right. But is it enough? Is the 10 minutes or through two minutes or three minutes time left after the presentation enough to ask no. the questions or just follow the person who is you right. know like it's hard to like just leave the conference right. or the, the room and just run we need to make it to him.
0: we need to make it more challenging to get in and to be accepted in order to save time for a recap and you could do a recap at each of the sessions if you really wanted what to. about
2: how, half an hour an hour session uh, in a room where all the talkers or speakers are present yep. uh, and and they are in, under the themes that they were talking about so people can actually meet the people in person. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: a good idea, man. I like it. So posters, I mean, a poster is always good. Yeah, I love
1: posters. Yeah. I'm all about the posters.
0: Uh, booths, service company versus operator, small mom and pop shops. I mean... Wh- why did we close the deal at 2 on Wednesday? That's rough. I get it. Everyone's trying to get out and there's a lot of money already being spent in this whole thing, but maybe we need to focus on joining the the struggles of that financially for the booth people and the service companies and the event. Maybe yeah. we need to shorten it all up. We need to make it more more of a
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's, you know, something that has to do with the convention center itself. Like, sure. hey, we need to like get you guys out of here cuz we have, you know, Knitters of America coming in tomorrow to like take over. And so,
0: <laughs> I don't know. 100%. I don't know. I don't know what it is. That was a but... thing in the Southwest section. Dude, Southwest I... section, Dallas, dude. There was, there were quilts and like weird. Wait, knitting. that was actually a thing, dude. A hundred percent. I thought that's why You said it. You didn't even go to Southwest section. No, I couldn't. Oh my god, <laughs> I couldn't, dude. Yeah, we were blowing and going. That's why, dude. There was a full blown knitting convention. <laughs> It, you'd go to the hotels at night, and there would be like twelve ladies sitting around the lobby in Yo, the, in the, <laughs> the hotel lobby. Tell me, tell lobby. me, those were the best quilts you've ever saw, in your dude. Life. I mean. Hey, <laughs> it's impressive. It's impressive. There's guys like spinners and like the whole setup. There's men, women. They're all walking through this major convention showing their knitting skills. Uh that's absolutely real. <laughs> that was amazing. Hit the nail on the head. They they might they may have been coming into San Antonio. That's why we had to get out of there. All right, student perspective. What do you got, Drew?
2: So I'm going to talk about the importance of the new connections that people always say that it's it's all about who you know instead of what you know okay. but who you know depends on what you know right if you don't present anywhere if people are not aware of what you can do or what you have done in your thesis they're not going to know you they're not going to vouch for you so who you know depends on what you know so do your research present it as many times as you can yeah. as many places as you can did you go to the and student meet and greet i did so cool. on on the uh, after the icebreaker we had this meet and greet uh, where we met Bradley and others yeah. and on monday there was a student seminar where Cole and Bobby and other professionals who had experience from let's say 2 3 years to all over the 40 50 years wow they were talking to students on a single table and talked you can talk everything you have questions about in your That's career awesome. path that's awesome.
0: Yeah. I didn't look up short courses and field trips. I wasn't able to be a part of that, so we didn't uh, we didn't yeah. really talk about that this time. But there was a huge list of short courses and field trips.
1: I wanted to which, make it to the you know the applications for machine learning, Because yeah. you know it's such a buzzword, right? And you go to all these talks, and you know the big concern is garbage in, garbage out, right? So I, I wanted to go to that, but I mean, other than that, there it was just you know,
0: yeah. I agree, man. Hopefully, Ertec, we get invited back. Uh, Hopefully, we can do a show at Ertec through PBE. That would be really fun, too. And we'll actually sit down with some of the short coursers and and field trip people because we can't go to them all. We can't afford it. But those people might be friendly enough to tell us about what it was, and and Mm -hmm. we can report that. Hopefully, we have a a deal going on with Ertec through PBE, which could be really exciting, and hopefully uh, people are are rooting for. If we get some support with that, maybe some service company could could help us out with getting there and, and being a part of that. And representing and, and showing what people were doing in the short course and and field trips. All right, final recap, man. This is on a scale one to ten. One to ten. What'd you think, Drew?
1: One one recap. Everyone knows the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows <laughs> the rules included. One one recap. Everyone knows the rules.
2: <laughs> What's the rules?
1: One scale recap. One to
2: ten. One recap. Recap. Yeah,
1: that's your. That you can't go back. Whatever you say.
0: This is it.
2: Hmm. I started with you Skip. oh, okay. Dude, I'll pass start it just skips. Okay, passing the
0: skips. Come on, come on, go. One Eight, to ten. 8.3. 8.3 from Skippo. What do you got? Mm, I'd say nine. Nine? nine. Yeah. 8.3. I'm looking at both of you guys like, really? Dude, I'm Dude. at like a six.
1: You're at a six? I'm
0: at a six because without question, we can get better. Oh, and it's yeah. not okay. a little bit better. We can get a lot better. It was a great convention, probably arguably the best one that I've been a part of outside of Utah. Utah was amazing because yeah. of the setting and there was also some other n- little nitbits in there Yeah, that there were some external factors that were right. definitely going on, but But I mean, I my 6 might be your guys 8.3 or 9 whatever, but to Dude, me we
1: we all have different scales, that's growth. for sure. But yeah, I'm tucking as a standard
2: And he's talking as a young professional, and you're talking as an experienced professional, right? Uh,
0: And I'm pulling it all together into my uh, total assessment. I think six. I think we have major growth. We can make it way, way better. Focus on the future. Let's make 2020 uh, in—oh, crap. Do we even know where 2020 is going to be? It's It's going to be in H-Town. H-Town? H-Town. All right, we're going to H-Town, and 2020 is going to be even better. Hopefully. Is this it? Are we calling this? Are we saying it? Skippo? And we out. We out. Ah, okay.